as we uh, just sang, the church was indeed, the church meaning us believers, Christians, the church was indeed called to go and to preach the gospel and to share that message to the ends of the earth. We're uh, in week two of this series entitled Go Fish. That's really the, uh, the whole idea behind this series. Um, when we look back at Jesus' ministry as he gathered together that first group of men to follow him, um, we find out that Jesus called them and made them to be something. And in our way of thinking, we might think that the thing that Jesus would gather together a group of men for, the reason he would gather them together was to make them maybe more holy or more perfect people. Uh, maybe to make them better fathers or better husbands, better uh, people in society. But in fact, as we look back last week, uh, the thing that Jesus called those first disciples to was to go out and to be fishers of men. And what we talked about last week is that uh, the idea of being a fisher of men is being someone who goes out and, and you share your faith. Now the truth is, we talk about that here in the church. And it's okay to talk about sharing your faith here in church because all of the people in this room, you know, it's probably pretty safe if we start talking about Jesus or God to them. And so it's okay. And we, we hear that, you know, maybe here in the building we can nod our heads. And then we get out into our, our lives, into our homes, our communities, our workplaces, and all of a sudden it becomes a different story, right? And I'm not going to lie, it becomes a different story for me too. It's not something that's easy for me to do. Um, it can become the whole idea of sharing our faith. We can get really hesitant to do that when it's maybe a stranger or a coworker. Uh, we maybe get reluctant to do that when um, maybe we know a person but not that well, so we decide it's not that big of a deal, or we'll let somebody else do it. We'll let the pastor do it, right? We talked about that a little bit last week, and I know Ben mentioned last week that um, the whole idea of, of having the pastor do it is really kind of a fallacy. As he mentioned last week, I can testify from my own life. Um, as soon as somebody finds out that you're the pastor, the conversation just takes a 180. And either they want nothing to do, they don't want to, you know, they're, they throw up the defenses of any kind of church talk right away, or they all of a sudden become real religious and they go to church seven days a week. You know? It's just the way it works. People look at pastors and they think that we look like professional salesmen. All right? And so it's good, you know, it's fitting. We sit up in front here up at church and we can share with you guys and we can encourage you guys and build you guys up. We get outside of the building and somebody looks at us and they think, this is what you've got to do. You get paid to do it. But when you guys do it, that speaks volumes. When, when you just, in your ordinary life and, and the things that you do as you live day to day, if, if you witness and you share that faith, people take notice of it. And so the encouragement throughout this series is going to be to take advantage of those opportunities to share that faith, the faith that you have, the hope that you have. And this morning, what we want to talk about is why is this such a big deal? Why is it such a big deal if we think to ourselves, here's an opportunity to share my faith, but all of a sudden I get hesitant and I don't want to do that. Or all of a sudden I get reluctant and I don't want to open my mouth. Why is that such a big deal if we fail to open our mouths? give you a little insight where we're going this morning. The reason it's such a big deal, the reason why fishing is so important is because the message of Christianity is not intuitive. What I mean by that is the message, the message of Christianity, the thing that we believe in with all our hearts, with all our lives, the thing that we know to be true, is not something that we can come up with on our own. 
that's true for us, guess what? That's true for everybody else. The message of Christianity for everybody else who aren't Christians, that message is not something they will come to on their own. So it's really important for us as Christians who have that message to be willing to share that message with others. We're going to do that this morning, taking a look at a lesson from Romans chapter 10. The Apostle Paul is writing to Christians in the city of Rome about 30 years after Jesus rose from the dead. Paul writes this letter. He offers them this encouragement. Romans 10, beginning at verse 11. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all, and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now I just got to ask you, who are these passages talking about? Some of you are maybe thinking to yourself, well, that's pretty obvious, Steve. Um, you know, you've heard that a lot. Um, just to be really specific, though, this morning, and I want you to be really specific, who are these passages talking about? Who is the Him? If you trust in Him, never be put to shame. Who is the same Lord of all? Who has got the name of the Lord? That if you call on that name and you believe in that name, you'll be saved. Who are we talking about? Jesus. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, a man who lived and walked on this earth. That's who we're talking about. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, that's so obvious. Why are you hitting that so hard? And the reason I hit it so hard, and the reason we're going to talk about this this morning, is because there are plenty of people in our world who believe in God. Okay? You sit down on the bus, or you talk to a coworker, and you say to them, you know what? I believe in God. Most people in America, statistic proves this, most people in America are going to say back to you, so do I. You say, I trust in God. Most people are going to say back to you, so do I. You say, I worship God. And most people are going to say back to you, so do I. And, and maybe it starts to make us wonder, are we talking about the same God? Are we, are we talking about the same person? Because our God has a face. Our God has a name. And it's Jesus. Our God walked on this earth. He was willing to touch lepers. He was willing to love the unlovable. He was willing to put himself in our place. It's not that name. That name is Jesus. And we've got to be clear on that. That's the central message of Christianity. Plenty of people believe in a God. Plenty of people think that there's some higher force, some higher power out there, or that there is a God. But if they don't know Jesus, that's a really big deal. Because what does Paul say? Anyone who trusts in him, not in God, yes, we can understand that correctly, but more specifically, anyone who trusts in him, Jesus, will never be put to shame. Verse 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, the name of Jesus Christ, will be saved. So we've got to make a big deal of it. We've got to be willing to share not just the message of God. We've got to be willing to share the name of Jesus Christ. Because he's the Savior of the world. He's the one that saves all people. Another thing... Uh, in these couple of verses that I want to point out is that this whole idea of a savior, sometimes maybe we think, well, people, you know, it, the whole idea of a savior means that you need to be saved from something, right? 
Um, that's, that's kind of the general definition of the word savior. Someone who saves, someone who rescues. The hero, if you will, okay, of the story. And sometimes we as Christians know that message. We think to ourselves, well, man, if i got to talk about Jesus, and Jesus is the Savior of the world, then that means that i got to talk about sin and needing to be rescued from sin. And I don't know that I'm ready to go there. I don't know if somebody wants to hear that they need a Savior. And I just want to throw it out there this morning that the whole idea, the whole concept of a Savior is a whole lot more common than we might think in our own minds. The idea of a Savior was really common even in Jesus' day. Back in Greek and Roman culture, back in Jesus' day, um, politicians were looked at as saviors. They saved the nation. Military leaders were looked at as saviors. Somebody who rescued, or they were the hero of the story. In Jesus' day, um, philosophers were looked at as, as uh, saviors, as heroes. They saved the mind, saved the intellect on behalf of the people. Um, gods in Jesus' day were looked at as saviors, gods like Zeus. He was, he was the savior of God for them, the God that they made up. So this whole idea of a savior has been around for a really, really long time. And the truth is, is that the idea of a savior is incredibly popular in our society as well. Let me clarify that. Many people might not believe and trust in Jesus as their own savior from sin. Yet the idea of a savior is incredibly popular in our society. Just think about most of the movies you've seen. Most of the movies that Hollywood puts out, they have a central character. And who is that character? He's essentially the savior. He's the hero. He rescues some group of people or some individuals from some disaster in their lives. Uh, there are plenty of songs that have either the word savior in the title or save me. Um, bands like Queen, the Dave Matthews Band, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Aretha Franklin. I mean, all of these people have songs that this whole idea of a savior is part of that. You see it on TV, right? Uh, I know the show's not uh, being produced anymore, but the show 24. Who's the savior of the show? Jack Bauer, right? You give the guy duct tape and a cell phone that never runs out, and boom, you save the world. You save the United States. I mean, that's the whole purpose of the show. Uh, marketers understand this whole concept of the Savior. I don't know if the commercial's on any longer, but it sticks in my head. It was a Claritin commercial. And there's a, so the, the drug company, there's a guy, he's inside of a nose, and it has terrible, um, uh, like, nasal congestion. Hell, if you will, you know, for that individual. And what happens? All of a sudden, the guy walks out from that, that nasally stuffed up nose, and all of a sudden, it's bright, and the, the sky's blue, the grass is green, and he's breathing deeply, right? And it's like salvation. Claritin is like salvation from na uh, nasal congestion, all right? The idea of something saving you. There's even a, don't ask me why, no. there's even a, a brand of women's jeans called, entitled Savior Jeans. I cannot for the life of me figure out what they say, <laughs> but somehow they fit, okay? Somehow it works. Somehow that markets blue jeans for women. Even in our, uh, our political society, the whole idea of a savior, I mean, that's, that's really what the uh, political candidate stands on. I'm going to save you. You vote for my adversary, and he's, he's going to do something terrible. He's going to eat you, or something bad is going to happen if you vote for him. I will save you. I will save our nation. Vote for me. That's the way our world works. So this whole idea of a savior 
It's a really, really popular idea in America. We, we as Americans, there's almost like something inside of us that yearns for storylines that have a savior to them. The truth is, is that all world religions have a storyline that includes a savior. If you're a Buddhist, the storyline of the savior is that you save yourself by getting rid of evil desires. If you're a Hindu, you save yourself by aligning yourself with the divine. If you're a Muslim, you save yourself by, do, by living a good life. If you're an Orthodox Jew, you save yourself by praying right and by following the strict laws of God. Every world religion is built upon the principle that there is something bad, something evil, that you, human beings, need saving from. But who's the savior in every other world religion? It's you. It's me. That's what we get to. With our minds, that's what we come up with as human beings. There is something bad. We need saving from that thing. We must save ourselves. That's what we get to. The message of Christianity is completely opposite. The message of Christianity is centered around the idea of a savior. There is something that we need saving from, but we don't save ourselves. What does Paul say? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus Christ is the savior of the world, and Jesus Christ is your savior from sin. You see, that's different. That's what the message of Christianity is all about. We call it the gospel here in church. The word gospel simply means good news. That's what we have to share. We have good news to share. People are looking for a storyline and a savior. And we've got the best storyline and the best news, the best savior that they can ever hear about. And his name is Jesus Christ. You see, human beings, as human beings, we can look out at, at, at creation. And we can look at this world and how great and magnificent it is. We can look up at the stars at night and the universe that we live in. And we can think to ourselves, on our own, we can come up with, there must be a God out there. I don't know who that God is. I don't know what he thinks of me. But there must be a God who put this place all together. We can get there on our own. We can think to ourselves, you know what? I see good in this world, and I see evil in this world. I can, I can recognize that. And I must think to myself, I can come up with this, that there, this God that's out there, he must like good things and people who do good stuff, and he must not like bad things and people who do evil things, and so I want to be one of those people who's doing the good things. I can, we can come up with that on our own. That's how every world religion comes back to, we need to do something about the evil. And that thing that needs to be done needs to be done by us. The message of Christianity is not intuitive. It's not something human beings figure out on their own. Because on our own, we can never come up with Jesus. We can never know who Jesus is. So we got to fish. We got to share it. Because without us sharing it, people don't figure that out. That's exactly what Paul goes on to say in verse 14. He says, and he's going to give us kind of a series of questions. He's going to work in reverse order. 
He starts off and he says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? That's the all-important nagging question. How do the people who don't know who Jesus is, how is it that they will come to know him and believe in him and trust in him as their savior from sin? How does that happen? Paul's asking a very pointed question. How can they believe if they have not? Then he goes on and he says, and how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? How can they believe in their hearts if they haven't heard it with their ears, they haven't seen it with their eyes? How is it, if it hasn't come to them, how is it that they're going to believe it in their hearts? Okay? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? How can they hear if somebody's not speaking to them or sharing with them or telling them? You can't. That's the point. And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. There's a process here. There's a method here. The first step, you've got to work in reverse order from what Paul wrote down. The first step is that people got to be sent to share that message. Guess what? We've been sent. Jesus, before he ascended into heaven, what did he do? He told his disciples, I want you guys to go out and I want you to share the message. What's the message? The message is that I rose from the dead. You guys saw it. You're witnesses of it. You believe it. Go out and share it. The message is still there for us today. We're part of God's team. The encouragement for us is to go out and share it. God sent us to share it. When we go out and we share it, the process goes on and people hear it. The process goes on and people believe it. The process started with God. He's already told us to go. Be fishers of men. Are we fishing? Are we speaking? Are we sharing? I'll be the first one to admit in the room this morning that this is incredibly convicting towards me. Because the same hesitation and the same reluctancy that you have, I have. It's easy to talk about it in the building. You walk out of the building and it becomes incredibly difficult. But it's so important that we go out and speak. That we go out and share. The way people believe is by believers speaking and sharing. That doesn't mean it's always going to go well. That doesn't mean that every time we speak, people believe. In fact, Paul goes on in verse 16, and he's going to tell us that when he spoke in his day and age, not everybody believed him either. Paul writes, but not all Israel accepted the good news. Not everybody believed it when we spoke. For Isaiah says, the Lord who, ha- Lord who has believed our message. We look out and we think, man, nobody's believing the message. That's what Paul is saying. Sometimes it's going to be the same way for us. But here's the deal. It's not a rejection of us, per se. People might reject the message. People might reject Jesus. But we still go out and we still share the message of Jesus. Why? Verse 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. Some people are going to believe. When we speak, when we share, some people will hear that and they will believe that. 
And just think about this. Someday when you're up in heaven, perhaps somebody's going to come and tap you on the shoulder and say to you, look, you might not remember who I am, but you introduced me to Jesus. And the reason I'm here in heaven today is because you spoke and you shared. God works faith in my heart. Thank you for sharing that message of Jesus. Faith comes from hearing that message. I mentioned at the start of the service, today is the day of Pentecost. Um, that, I, that day uh, in Jerusalem, the disciples of Jesus, the apostles, they were gathered there. And just as Jesus had promised, the, the Holy Spirit came. And the Holy Spirit enabled them and empowered them through the word of Jesus Christ to go out and to speak and through that word that people would believe the message of Jesus Christ. The word we have to share is powerful. How do I know that? Let me just share you the rest of the story, if you will, of Pentecost. What we're told is that on the day of Pentecost, that there were all of these people gathered in Jerusalem, all of these Jewish people gathered in Jerusalem for a festival. And the Holy Spirit came and Peter spoke. Peter was just an ordinary guy just like you and me. He didn't have an extraordinary uh, vocabulary. He didn't have a, a winsome way of speaking. But he had a message, a powerful message to speak. And speak he did. And we're told in Acts chapter 2 that some of the people that heard that message as Peter spoke, they were Jewish people from the city of Rome. Think about that. Rome is an anti-Christian nation. And here you have some Jewish people in Jerusalem hearing the message, and they're going to go back to Rome. What we know from history is that the time of Paul's writing, about 30 years after the resurrection, the time of Paul's writing that three or four out of the seven Jewish synagogues in the city of Rome, this anti-Christian nation, three out of four of the seven Jewish synagogues had become Christian churches. How awesome is that? Because the word works. Peter spoke, and people believed, and they took it back, and they spoke, and other people heard it, and other people believed in Jesus. They're saved. The message that we have to share is a powerful, powerful message. Yeah, it's so simple. It's so clear. The message of Christianity, it's unlike anything else. I mean, how often do you get to tell somebody, you know what? The maker of the universe, the God who put this all together, he knows your name. And guess what? You know, the, the reason that God, the maker of the universe, the reason that he knows your name, the reason that he knows what's going on in your life is because he, he loves you. And you're important to him. He values you. In fact, the maker of the universe, the God who loves you, the God who knows your name, he values you so much that he was willing to send his son 2,000 years ago to come to this earth to be your savior. His name is Jesus. And you know what? Jesus loved you enough that he was willing to allow himself to be crucified, to die for you, to make you right with God. And you know what? He rose. And he makes you right with God. You are right with God. 
Look, look, I know you've thought about eternity before. We all have. And I know you've thought to yourself, man, there's probably a God and I should be better in my life. But let me just tell you this. The message of Christianity is not a message of do's and don'ts. The message of Christianity is not a message of, of get yourself right with God. Because it's not good people that go to heaven. I just got to tell you, it's forgiven people that go to heaven. And Jesus died to forgive you. The message is so clear. The message is so simple. We have a message, a powerful message, to share with you.